0: Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. We are Two Voice Devs.
1: Two Voice Devs. Welcome back, Alan. Always good to be here, Mark. Great to see you for our our weekly chat as always. Yes. And uh, well, the thing that's been kind of preoccupying my time is debugging account linking on Alexa. Oh, boy, (laughs) is that fun. So. you know it's
0: been a while since we talked about account linking actually it was a, a fairly early show I
1: don't know that we've talked about it too much since yeah and there's lots of different levels that you can talk about account li- linking so
0: yeah and a lot of different things you can run into and a lot of it's it's yeah. complicated but also incredibly important um, but why I tell you what why don't why don't we just talk about the problems you've been running into and and kind of uh, swap stories about issues that we've run into
1: before with account linking. All right. That sounds good.
0: You know, so, and, and with, with the understanding, of course, that there's a lot more to account linking than whatever it is we're going to be
1: talking about, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm going to paint like a really like, you know, fast brush of a little bit of background so that we can get into it. but. So remember, account linking is the the process where, um, at least on Alexa, you'll use the Alexa mobile app to go through a, a process. You'll see a screen, either a card in the Alexa app or, or off of the skill detail page, there will be a button that says link account. And at that point in time, you start to see one or more screens. And it could be just as simple as a, a, a login page with a user ID and password. It could have a like a EULA page, it could have a page where you're you're uh, giving permission for this application to access certain, you know, read access or write access or you know, different things. So the number of pages kind of in the middle. If the, if you're thinking about this as a sandwich, there's one or more screens on the Alexa, on the Amazon side. There's one or more screens in the middle, which is served up by um, the application that that you're connecting to. Um, so that would mean that there need to be some um, server that's following the OAuth 2 specification, uh, specifically the authorization code grant flow. It's a special like subsection of And, OAuth and we'll 2. get into some of those details in a minute, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> and then there's the end part of the sandwich where it goes back to an Alexa screen um, served up in, in the Alexa app that says, um, the account's been linked successfully. And then you can close that. And at that point in time, the account linking process has completed.
0: And the process is similar on the Google side, not identical, but similar. But in particular, in a lot of cases, we have the same sort of sandwich thing. And you know, part of, part of what people need to understand is that's OAuth 2. That's a, yeah. a really standard flow that's going on there. It's a well-established protocol. It's very secure. And one of the great things about it is that it means that you may be logging into some resource somewhere. And all that gets handed back to Alexa in your case is some information that says, I have authenticated or authorized this user to some stuff. Right. And here's the token that you can use to tell me who you're talking about yep so and and it does that without collect without handing your password over to Alexa
1: so it it can be used in a really, really secure way yeah and 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 what would happen is is like if you already have a let's say it's a web application and you already have a, a web application that that uses. Um, OAuth 2 for for login, you can reuse that same, um, those same endpoints, the same, the login pages, because all that happens in the Alexa app is that the the mobile app in essence is hosting a browser that is hosting or showing these web pages, which are the login pages um, for your application. So that's.
0: And it's important to note that OAuth 2 kind of relies on the web as a standard. Yep. There's there's some underlying features about the web that OAuth 2.0 takes advantage of that, which is why it works so well. Um, I think the other thing quickly to note is that the reason why it's called account linking is this notion that you are connecting your Alexa or Google Assistant account to an account somewhere else. Right. So that there's this connection that gets established between the two and that the code that you ultimately end up with um, is proof of that connection.
1: Yeah, so if you're going into a situation and you've only have uh, a skill or action, there is nothing else, then there's really no nothing to account link to. There's no really reason to have account linking um, because you don't have any information that's someplace else. Um, But if you've got a a mobile app or you have a website and the user can log into that and set preferences or get access to information, then that's a perfect reason to then take advantage and link your account from Alexa to whatever this other um, system is uh, using the same uh, credentials so that then when I'm in Alexa, I could find out, you know, preferences for shipping location or I don't know, whatever it is that that you that's important to the application that you're writing. Google's
0: got some shortcuts on that front that kind of lets you do account linking to a Google account or to the same Google account that you're using for your Google Assistant. Mm-hmm. And it's still account linking because it links mm-hmm. it to, it, it creates an account on your side. Um, but we're starting to get into to nitpicking details. Um, and I'm sure we have got plenty of nitpicking details to get into <laughs>
1: when it comes
0: to your your problems.
1: Yeah, so, okay, so we're gonna go down just a little, like one more level uh, deeper, kind of understand where account linking fits in, but there's actually two pieces to account linking. There's the account linking phase where that happens one time at the beginning of the of the of the process, you'll you know usually start your skill and and uh, it'll tell you immediately that you need to account link and it'll kick you out with a, a account link card, or there might be certain places in the uh, the skiller that you can go to without account linking, but certain places that once you hit that intent, then you'll have to be account linked. Um, so. The end product of the account linking phase is that in the end, um, there's really three URLs that get hit. There's one URL which points you to the server that has the web login pages that are owned by this other system. There is a redirect URL that you get that gets you at at the very end of that process redirects you back to Amazon. So you get that last page in the sandwich that says accounts been linked successful. If you don't get that last redirect, then Amazon has no idea if you successfully completed or not. Um, but then the third URL is this token endpoint. It's a, it's a, an API endpoint that's served up also by probably the same server that's serving up the, the web, you know, URL that, it's the authorization server. Um, and the the response back from that API call is an access token, a refresh token, and a, um, a time indicating when the access token expires. And that information is stored actually on Amazon's servers. Um, and then that phase is done. So immediately or two days later, You start the Alexa skill up and this is where the, you know, phase two happens. What it does is when it starts up the skill, it says, oh, I've been account linked. I'm going to go ahead and take a look at that expiration that I've got stored. Has it expired yet? Has that access token expired yet? All right. No, it hasn't. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and take that access token as is and pass that as part of the request into the skill so then I can look at the access token and code and say, hey, I have an access token. So I am account linked and I can use this then however else I need to use it. I could make some API call using that access token uh, to get some information specifically about the user or maybe I have a number of APIs that are exposed from that system, but in order to make the the secure calls to those APIs, I need to pass in the header that same access token. There's lots of different things that you can do with that access token.
0: Yep. One one of the things I understand is that OAuth was intended for authorization. The auth in OAuth stands for authorization, not authentication. So as part of that, 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 that middle part of the sandwich process, what you're doing is you are authorizing what resources on the system, um, the system will have access to. And, and usually at a basic, that means things like your name and your email address. Right. Um, but for a lot of things, it could be more. So for example, uh, in Voodoo Drive, one of the things that I do when it goes through that process, it requests permission to your Google Drive so that it can create and, and edit the files on there. And then the token that gets maintained, I, I the software developer, mm-hmm. need to provide that to Google Drive to say, look, I've got permission, I'm authorized to do this.
1: And that, and that also happens through something called scopes. Um, scopes are right. claims that say, these are the things that this user is allowed to do in this system.
0: I, I just want to also, sorry, I also, it occurs to me to, to point out that what you described um, is sometimes called a three-legged uh, OAuth code exchange. And I, I, I think I just butchered the word a little bit. Um, or, or what's known as the authorization code flow. Because yeah. the, what basic and basically what this is meant to do is to provide an extra layer of security just in case that call back to your server, that code gets intercepted somehow because it could get intercepted in some ways. Um, that code is a very, very limited lifetime. So Amazon servers, when they get that code, it almost immediately exchange that for uh, the authorization and the refresh token, which are a little longer lived. Yeah. But, but that code itself is very, very short lived, deliberately so. So that you know if if somebody intercepts it, hopefully um it may take them a little bit of time to to break the encryption around it, and by that time it's no good so that's why we have this three legged it, it this seems complex, but it's there because there are security concerns around it
1: yeah exactly so and 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 a lot of the things are hidden behind the scenes like for a lot of skills, you'll account link once, and then it's, you're, you're linked indefinitely until you unlink or until you disable the skill. Either of cases, it's going to go and delete the account link information that's being stored or cached on the Alexa server. And um, every time that you launch your skill, it's gonna check and say, yes, I'm account linked. When does this access token expire? Okay, it has it's, it's expired now. Whatever the length that you specify, and that could be I don't know, thirty minutes, it could be uh, two days, uh, whatever you whatever you specify that the access token is going to expire. Once the access token expires, then you call that um, token endpoint again and you say, hey, refresh token, give me a new access token. And the refresh token is like, sure, I'll go ahead and do that. And you'll get a new access token. That new access token is going to then be stored and cached on Amazon servers and then passed to the skill that's launched. And actually, it's every time, every turn in the conversation where you're going from what the user says, device through the Alexa service to the the skill code. And that request is going to be passed the access token. And uh, so you can verify If something happens now, if, if there's ever a a case where the refresh token expires, like you try to make that call to the refresh token and you don't get a, an okay response back, then that means that the refresh token has expired and you have to account link all over again. So they have to give some sort of a message that says, Hey, um, I know you've linked before, but you know, periodically we, And, and most times that doesn't happen, but there are some, um, organizations that I've worked for that have had that refresh token expire as well as an extra level of, of security for the users.
0: Yeah. The, the refresh token, the, the specification allows the refresh token to expire or it allows it to be indefinite or if for whatever reason you cancel your account that invalidates the refresh token and right. the auth token. Um, and in all those cases you need
1: to re-auth or
0: you know, and and you need to handle that case when it happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, oh, and, and I guess there's a third option too. You can have a system where anytime you exchange an access token for a refresh token, maybe it, it extends the expiration on the refresh token. So maybe if you're inactive in the system for I don't know 30 days, then um, then you'll have to reaccount link. But if you're a regular user, then maybe you'll never have to account link again. Um, and one of the important things, though, to note is that although you get an
0: expiration time that comes back with the token, that's the expiration time for the access token. You've yep. got no way of knowing what the refresh expiration time is.
1: Right. That's, you just have to hit that endpoint and then if it, it succeeds if or it not. Fit,
0: right. It, that, that the specification doesn't say anything about notifying you what that refresh time, but when, that to, when that token expires.
1: So, okay, so let's talk about the problems that I've been having. So okay. I've had some, a number of different situations. I've, um, my Alexa app that I'm running is on an Android device, uh, Android phone, and um, I've had some weird issues with actually the UI. I've been in some cases inside the skill detail page and I've clicked on the link button and um, nothing happens. It's like the, like the button doesn't work anymore, that's weird. but if I go into the skill, which causes an a, a account link card to go into the Alexa app, then I can find that in my home screen, a tile for that and use that and, and then go through with that. But that's,
0: that's interesting. One of the things I wonder sometimes is that Android sometimes will use a different browser like thing, uh, to represent stuff that is launched by an application rather than from the browser itself. So instead of opening up a browser like Chrome, it opens up an HTML page, which isn't done through a browser. And sometimes that can get confused. It's kind of like a web
1: view controller component or something, yeah.
0: Um, So sometimes that can run into problems, particularly with account linking.
1: So, so that's been frustrating because there's been cases where I've gone through the account link flow and I get to the last step. And sometimes that last sandwich page that says account link successful doesn't show up. It just like, and so I don't know I think there's some issues going on with, with that. So part of the problem is you have to kind of figure out, have I gone through phase one, which is have I successfully got that account link screen? which means that future launches of the skill are going to pass the access token. And then the other part is, well, if I've, if I've gotten past that part, then is the access token really in the, um, in, in the, in the skill or not?
0: Does Alexa really have the access token or did it does it just have the, the code that it needs to exchange for the access token? So it didn't quite finish everything. Yeah. So, it's, so, 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 did it not do the exchange, and thus not tell you, or did it do the exchange and then forgot to tell you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so I've 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 just had to you know play around with that and some uh, find some ways that that because like I'm 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 testing this off so sometimes I need to unlink and then I'm relinking. Okay, well what's what's what is it you know? flow inside the skill when I'm not linked? What is it when I'm linked? What is it when I'm, I've linked before, but now it's expired where, so it's just running through those cases. And, and uh, I found that the, some, that coworkers that have uh, iOS, the the Alexa app is actually functioning better. Um, they're not hitting some of the same issues that I'm hitting when I'm running an Android, which I don't, <laughs> doesn't make sense to me.
0: It only makes sense to me in the sense that Apple handles web view type stuff better because there's only one possible browser right. on iOS. Whereas on Android, I could, you know, it, it's the typical Google thing that not only do they have their browser, they also have their other browser
1: installed. <laughs> so the next thing which is interesting is that um, the, the skill that I'm working on has um, personalization turned on, which means that you can set up a voice profile for an individual. So that actually when I go through the account link process, there's a screen that comes up before I get the the login screen that says, are you Mark? And I says, oh yeah. So it's identifying what my voice profile is. And so what, what happens in the end, and this is kind of the thing that that threw me for a little bit, is as part of the request that comes in, um, in the request object, there is a section that, that under like system context that has user, and so it gives you the the user ID, which really is the account, an, an ID that represents the account on a general like anybody that's on that account.
0: I was going to say, and it's the account that set up Alexa, not the account that belongs to that voice profile?
1: Yes. Okay. Because there's a user node and if you've got personalization turned on, there's a person node side by side. So you've got a user ID and you've got a person ID. Now, if you've account linked and you don't have personalization, then the access token is stored underneath the user object. If you've got personalization turned on and when you account linked, the account linking happened um, you know in the context of a specific you know person um, aka voice profile, then the access token gets stored with the person object. So the code has to actually check both places. well both, both places or it, it depends. There's certain cases where you you are set up like you have to if you're you know the, like this skill requires, Personalization. And so when you account link, then it's always going to be account linked to a specific person. But but yes, the, theoretically, you would have to check both locations. Now, something else that's interesting is that let's say that I've got personalization on and I've I'm I'm talking and I've got a smart display that has an APL screen. And the part of the conversation, I'm blah, 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 I'm like, oh, this will, this is what I want. Tap the button on the screen. I didn't say anything. I tapped a button on the screen. The access ID and the personalization object are not there. Uh, but, but it's still part of the conversation. So you still have the conversation ID. I still, yeah. It's, it's a session ID, but or yeah. Session ID, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, but, but it's like during that turn of the conversation, it's like, my personalization doesn't exist and my access token doesn't exist. Wow. That's weird. That is weird. So I've had to part, and this was part of the problem is I had to go through and say, you know, when I come in and it's a new session and I have account linked, then I can, I I cache that access token and then I check. And I only, and every time I come in, every time, every turn, if there's an access token and it's different from the access token that I've got, I overwrite it. So, yeah. so that if there's ever a case where the next one has no access token information, then I can I just use the previous one that I've cached and assume it's the person that the last person that did something. And and the reason why that's important is because sometimes that access token itself could have information like uh, when does this expire or something, and and you might be passing that access token to an API, and you might, if if you're if you just cast the um, access token at the very very beginning of the session, depending on the length of the session and where things happen, your it access could token could have expired, and so yeah. you make that API call call that requires the access token, and all of a sudden that API call fails because the access token has expired, and now you can't legally, you know, make well, that be, call. Right. To
0: be fair, you need to handle
1: that case anyway. Yeah. but
0: but yeah that can be really strange when it expires on you without without you expecting it to. um that is a really weird case though where an apl action doesn't fire it off this has always confused me about apl actions though is that they're <laughs> they're different in some ways yeah. than voice triggered intents yeah cuz that i i don't know i i like I like the intent model. Um, and I guess I just I I, I I think that way now for everything that's yeah <clears throat> that's voice oriented.
1: That everything's an intent whether that, whether yeah. it came from a toucher from a from right. a spoken command. But you know, in some ways you're you're like okay, you know, one I have to check because the access token could be different. I could be going in in some sort of a skill and let's say that it's some sort of a game and two people are playing in the same room and it recognizes each of the different people that have a voice profile. I need to, every, every turn needs to check to see, is this potentially a different person? And is that allowed that a different person has is that, spoken up? Is that possible in a session? Yeah, because each round trip gets, it has a, the request object has a person ID. And it would be person ID for person one or person ID for person two, depending on who spoke up on any any given turn.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we're going to have to do another session about personalization. I think. Yeah. Because I've I've been learning some interesting stuff about that as well, um, on both the the Google and the Amazon side. So we'll
1: table that thought for another time. Yeah. So, but that, that that was part of the thing is like, I I would, I, I knew that my account linking was working. I started it up and then it was, it would prompt me again, say, Hey, you, you need to account link because it couldn't find the access token because the access token, I was checking underneath the user object and it turns out it was underneath the person object. And so then I'm like, oh, I see. And then I was like, oh, everything's working. And then I tried something with the APL screen and I hit the button and it's like, it didn't work. And I was like, how come it it's, how come it thinks that I have an account linked or that the that it's expired? I'm like, what's going on? And so it's just been a little bit of trial and error. Yeah, it's you know, some 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 weirdness, but um, you know, I you take a step back, and you're like, well, if at any point in time somebody else could speak, so they have to like reserve the option that on any turn of the conversation that it could be somebody else that's speaking. And it could be somebody else that's speaking that doesn't have a a profile. And so at which point then it would just have to fall back to the user as opposed to the person,
0: you know, it, it makes sense to me that it would be attached as part of the person when you also have personalization on. So, so it sort of makes sense to me that it it kind of moves between the two or it could be on either one of the two. Um, I mean, it's not on the Google side, but Google's notion of a user is more similar to the notion of a person on Alexa. So that sort of makes sense, but it's still weird. Anyway,
1: okay. <laughs> so, uh, so that's kind of the the you know the tips and tricks is sometimes you have to isolate. You know, is the problem during the initial account linking? Is the problem during the you know you have to check the request coming in and see if the access token's there where the access token is, and just trying to figure out uh, why different things uh, might might or may not be working. And then there's always the problem when the problem lies somewhere
0: in your your OAuth system itself. Mm-hmm. So you're not just looking at Alexa, you're looking at, well, okay, do I have any logs on this OAuth server? Do I, Does it work for web OAuth, you know? How do I even debug this server that is in some ways a black box?
1: And yeah, so in, black yeah. Box. And in some cases, it could be, you know, it could be your same company, but a different team that's that's in charge of it. Or you could be using something like uh, Cognito, <laughs> Cognito or
0: Auth0 or, you Auth0, know, the yeah.
1: companies that, that provide the service. So at which point, then that, that's just another thing to worry about because you're trying to debug and then, you know, they're handing, they're actually, any of those those calls that are being made to the, the um, authentication endpoint or the token endpoint is happening between the Alexa service and this other system. It has nothing to do with your skill at all.
0: Right, your code is nowhere in here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's always a
0: tough one to debug. And usually in cases like that, what I've, uh, you know, sometimes you've got logs and a lot of times what I've ended up doing is having to write a, a separate program to just kind of trace what's going on, you know, with so that I could do it with my code and cut Alexa or Google out of the loop for for the moment.
1: Yeah, something else I've seen is that there are cases where, you know, as an agency you jump into a situation and you're like, oh yeah, everything's gonna go good. Yes, we have a, a server, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we have an OAuth2 uh, server does authorization code. You're like, okay, good, we're good to go. And you get into it, and it turns out that it's not fully baked. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, or s- So like I ran into a situation where the refresh token wasn't being returned as part of the response. And so then you either go back and say, hey, you're on this timeline for an agency project. And you're like, hey, I, I need this other team to go in and fix this auth thing. And they're like, oh, no, it's not on a roadmap. And you're like, okay, well, we can't do this project. Or you have to start getting creative and do things like, well, okay, we will host what's going to appear as the OAuth server and point things to it, and then do proxying and and handling the response, and then that gets really, really messy.
0: That gets really messy, and a security auditor will not be very happy at that. Although I've done the same.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's it can get a little dicey there.
0: Yeah, no, a lot of the OAuth, you know, a lot of the uh, the OAuth issues that I've run into when dealing with third-party OAuth servers is when they, I've never fortunately run into the issue where the refresh token isn't sent back. Even though, uh, although there have been times when I have, for whatever reason, not requested a refresh token, so it doesn't give it to me. And I've had to figure out, well, okay, what's the magic parameter that this server requires to also give me a refresh token? And it turns out it doesn't just do it automatically. You need to request
1: something. Well, and that's, and that's also an an important point because these systems, even though they follow like the OF2 spec, they could be whatever, they they could have been homegrown, they could have been something else. And And how you, how you configure, there's information that you get on the Alexa side that you have to say that has to match on both sides, like a client ID and secret or um, like the scopes or things. And so then you have to figure out how, you know, this is information I have to give to this other team, or how do I configure this, the server over there with the values that you need over here and how what values do I need to get from this other system and plug those into the, the endpoints on the Alexa configuration side so that they're in sync. So when they try to do this stuff that they can, they actually work.
0: Right. And that's, a huge part of the debugging as well, because again, yep. you're not seeing the error message that comes back when you're hitting the wrong endpoint, or when your client secret doesn't match, or you're not requesting all the scopes you need to. You know, or yep. you had a typo in your scopes. Or, oh yeah, you
1: know. that's that's happened.
0: <laughs> so lots of yeah, lots of little things can trip you up for hours, and Dude. it's not that OAuth is hard, but there's a lot to it, and you know i i strongly recommend if you're going to use oauth go with one of the existing services go with cognito or auth zero or um firebase authentication
1: mm-hmm.
0: mostly because they've worked hard to get it right and if you try to bake it yourself you run a good risk of getting it wrong
1: yeah now you know that and that's i think we're talking about like individual projects or smaller smaller teams, if you're in a bigger enterprise system, chances are you already have something and you you have to understand yep. what's in your environment and use that. Yep. So one, one last thing I wanted to bring up a point, this is just for, for people that, um, I don't know, developers to know, you know, keep trying, keep working at uh, because I don't, I'm saying probably, this is me like 12 years ago. I think I was asked to, um, actually create one of these OAuth2 servers that would have endpoints. And I tried to do it and I couldn't figure it out. It wasn't making sense. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I felt like OAuth2 was my kryptonite that I just couldn't, I I couldn't understand it. And just little by little over the years where I had to use it on the Alexa side and and to do account linking and, and things like that, that I've started understanding, oh, there's this piece, or this is the the handshake here back and forth, or this is how this part works, or phase one, phase two. So all this stuff that, that seems like, you know, so easy for me to talk about now was something that was beyond me at one point in time. This is definitely one of those
0: that even an experienced developer may have just seen a tiny, tiny slice of OAuth and if you need to deal with something outside of the slice you're already familiar with, it feels like something that's completely different. You know, we just, for example, just talked about uh, what's known as the authentication flow. There are other flows, other ways to get the authentication token um, from the server to, to Alexa or Google or whatever service you're running. One of your client, yeah. There, there are other ways to do that. And if you're not familiar with them, then you won't consider them and you won't understand why one might be a better trade-off than the other. Um, and they're trade-offs. You know, this yeah. is wh- when we deal with security, we don't deal with absolutes. We deal with understanding what the trade offs are. So definitely, you know, if if you are new to using OAuth in any capacity or need to integrate it with um any of the voice assistants or with any other product, feel free to reach out to people because everyone has been down this path. Everyone has had a point where OAuth seemed impossible.
1: Yeah, no, no, most definitely.
0: (laughs) And you know, you can always reach out to Mark and I, we won't necessarily have the answers, but we will at least uh, try, hopefully point you in the right direction. Um, as always, you can find us on on Twitter, uh, on LinkedIn. Feel free to to leave comments, but but definitely, you know, Stack Overflow, another great place to to post questions.
1: Yep, and we're uh, these are the types of things that we we like to tackle here on Two Two Voice Devs, and just would hope uh, that you you know give us feedback or or you know ask your questions so that we can uh, try to help at least or point you in in a direction. Yep. So.
0: Uh, I'm and we're gonna be talking about OAuth again in the in the relatively near future, I have a funny feeling. Cause it's it's a complicated topic <clears> that's <throat> always worth uh revisiting and seeing how it works. So we hope you join us then or or next time on two voice devs. Two voice devs. Take care. Take care. Have a good week.